Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us today. Uh, my name is Tom Altram. I've been part of the Volunteer Founding Committee and until recently joining the Secretariat of the Sustainable Wine Roundtable. And I'm delighted to welcome you to the first global media briefing of the SWR. Just to provide a brief overview of the today's agenda, Richard Bamford, MW, will start with an introduction to the SWR, followed by my colleague Toby Webb, who provided an overview of the plans towards 2022. We will then hear from a number of our founding members and finally open up to the audience for a Q&A session. I'm now pleased to hand over to Richard. Thanks very much, Tom, and a warm welcome to the Sustainable Wine Roundtable. And I feel it's appropriate that I'm speaking from 67 Pall Mall, the Cosmopolitan Club, where the seed for this project was unwittingly sown about three years ago. I'm Richard Bamfield, and I'm one of a, a group of individuals of like mind who have been working on this for the last year or so. And I'm delighted to say that we've now been joined by a large number of companies and organisations who also share our aspirations. Let me explain. I am sure that many of us have stood in the wine aisles of large retailers watching how people shop for wine. I watch with sympathy. I don't believe we make wine buying easy. And now a new factor has emerged that risks reinforcing the wine customer's confusion. Most research indicates the public are taking an increasing interest in product sustainability credentials and that this influences their purchase decision. Are you saying that's good for wine? It is widely received as a natural product and wine producers all over the world are turning to organics and or joining their local or national sustainability schemes. Indeed, but there is a problem. Despite all this good work being done, the wine customer still finds it difficult to identify the wines that have been sustainably produced. Which schemes can they trust? Why has this wine got this logo and not that one? In a future where it is possible that only products that can clearly demonstrate some form of sustainability will find a buyer, wine's complications may be a huge handicap. Hence the need for a round table, a forum for all stakeholders in the wine business, producers, distributors, retailers, glass and closure manufacturers, logistics providers, media, NGOs, a forum for all stakeholders to collaborate and develop a global reference standard for wine sustainability. A reference standard that clearly links the wine industry's sustainability initiatives to the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals. We could actually achieve the twin objective of making life easier for the consumer and demonstrating to governments and regulators that wine is a force for good, actively helping countries work towards their SDG targets. Ambitious? <laughs> you bet. Which is why we are so heartened by the tremendous support we have received from our almost 50 founding members from all corners of the world. Now we are ready to engage the wider wine community. This is a project that is relevant to all who make, distribute, enjoy, and, not to put too fine a point on it, make money from wine. Through collaboration, sharing, research, discussion, learning, outreach, adv advocacy, the roundtable model is one that is proven to be effective. If I may, a quick word about what we see as the clear benefits for both producers and retailers. 
wineries and vineyard managers around the world will finally have credible, practical, state-of-the-art guidance that was developed and agreed through a consensus building process. The standards will help them make social and environmental improvements that should result in improved economic viability. As for retailers, with global agreement on what sustainability means in wine, retailers will be able to distinguish genuinely sustainable wines, sort the many eco-labels and transmit clear messages to the consumer. As mentioned before, we believe this is relevant to all players in the wine business. This is a call to action, a call to join us and get involved in any way you can. Thank you. I'm now going to pass over to Toby Webb, the energy behind what we're doing, and Toby will explain a little bit more of the detail about how we're going to get there. Over to you, Toby. Richard, thanks very much, and thanks so much for to everyone for joining us, and the support we've had has been fantastic since we started. And, and Richard's right, about three years ago, he and I sat in 67 Power Mail and recorded a podcast um, and we talked about the, the issue of, of a global standard. And, and I said to him, whose job is it to do that? And he said, well, maybe it's maybe it's yours. <laughs> and here we are three years later. And, and of course, this has been an enormous collaborative effort to get where we've gone to. Um, I run another business called Innovation Forum, and I've worked in sustainability for about 22 years now. Um, and I'm lucky enough to work with many people who have started sustainability roundtables or been involved in them. Uh, and we know it's been a tough journey for many of them, but we've been able to leapfrog a lot of the, um, the accidents and um, mistakes others have made, I hope, and I hope we will in the future, by, by, lead, by um, leaning on the expertise from others outside the wine industry. And of course, this group has just taken shape because of Richard and others who I'll mention who have been um, absolutely phenomenal in helping bring everyone together to get us where we are today. So I'm going to talk very briefly about where we are, but don't worry, I'm not going to put up lots of dense PowerPoint slides and then read them to you very slowly when you've already read them. Right? That's the worst use of PowerPoint in the world. I'm going to put these up. Um, Tom, could you just enable screen sharing for me, please? I'm just going to talk very briefly about what our, where we've got to and what our plans are. Um, and then uh, I'm just going to hand over to, to the real heroes who will be our members, uh, who are our members, and they will be the heroes of the roundtable uh, because they're the ones uh, who will be doing the work. Our job is very much to convene things. So as you can see, we've chosen a tagline for now. It may be changed of collaborating to drive transformational change in wine. Um, and in terms of what we are, I'm, I'm not going to read this out, um, but you know, we're trying to be, and, and so far so good, a, a very global body, um, multi-stakeholder, inclusive. We're very proud of the fact that one of our founding members, uh, Sally Evans, is here today, and you know, she's a farmer with five hectares in Bordeaux, and her work is just as important as Treasury Wine Estates or any of the larger members that we have, and indeed some of the retailers. So the idea is to be very much inclusive and to look at the end-to-end -end value chain of wine. Uh, as you may know, lots of the standards and certification issues in wine are very focused around viticulture and wineries. And of course, that's very important. And they've done amazing work. We want to build on that work, not to duplicate it or replicate it. Uh, we want to join up the dots and we add, and add in the rest of the value chain. Because I'm sure most of you will know, the majority of a, a carbon footprint of a bottle of wine is not in vineyards or wineries. It is in packaging and, and distribution. So there's a lot of joining up to do. 
And what we would like to do is create a global reference standard for sustainability. Now, I think it's really important we define what we mean by that. So I'm going to put some notes into the chat um, that we've developed to explain a bit more about it. We are not uh, at the moment <laughs> suggesting we launch another eco label. Let's be very clear about that. There's more than 400 eco labels in the world, and we still have enormous climate problem. Uh, plus other issues, of course, including social issues, which the roundtable will cover. So what we're trying to do is join the dots, create the reference standard um, and provide tools and advocacy for the wine industry and to be as inclusive and as open uh, as is possible. Uh, we'll talk more about the reference standard a bit later. Clarity and consensus is clearly very important. Richard mentioned that in his opening remarks. Um, in, in my years in sustainability, nobody's cracked the consumer marketing conundrum on sustainability. I've been seeing those surveys for 20 years that say consumers want to buy sustainable and then do they? Well, many of them would like to, many of them try, but it's a very, very complex process when it's, you know, seven o'clock on a Thursday night, you've got to get home and cook dinner and you're whizzing around the supermarket. You don't have time to stop and look at one of any of 400 eco labels and decide which of them are real and which of them aren't. So on the other hand, we do think there's a great opportunity for the wine industry to engage consumers on this issue with retailers and bottle design and stories of vineyards, because what other consumer product has that amount of space and that amount of emotional attachment and that amount of specialness attached to it? Very few, um, the diamond industry perhaps and, and some others. <laughs> and it's no coincidence they've done a lot of work on sustainability and traceability. So what we're aiming to do with these founding members, and we have I think 49 in the moment, we should have 50, 51 in the end, some of the founding members, some of them uh, are still confirming. And, and those are all conversations we began before our cutoff date of July 3rd. So we, there's a few more names to add to this list. So what's our plan? Well, we need to get started on the reference standard work. That's really the cornerstone of the Sustainable Wine Roundtable. And, and that kind of encompasses all of sustainability. And what we need are some working groups to explore some of the key issues. We're going to start off with some um, obvious areas, climate change, packaging, social issues, water. And of course, there are serious overlapping Venn diagrams that these might represent. In the, in, obviously, you can't talk about packaging without talking about climate change and vice versa. Similarly, there are overlapping um, issues with, with water and um, labour and vineyards, inclusivity and diversity, etc. So. These working groups will be member led and we're developing guidance and best practice on how they should be run and we'll be kicking off that work next week. So that's early stage work. The reference standard will take quite a bit of time because it's a big piece of work, but we have a lot to build on. And just to reiterate that point, we are going to build on what's been done before, not reinvent the wheel. We will be developing the Sustainable Wine Roundtable website. We've observed in the last year in particular an enormous appetite in the wine industry for sharing and collaboration. People want to know how to do stuff. And there's a lot of duplication and inefficiency going on with at any one time, there might be 10 or 20 or 50 wine professionals all trying to solve the same problem and all perhaps investing in different technologies. Well, why don't we put them together, find ways for them to collaborate and to save money? We've already come across examples of that, and we've already started connecting organizations in the wine industry to share their learnings. And that will be just as important, I would think, as, as any other work that we do. We're going to have a general membership scheme available from January 2022. That's a very inclusive scheme, which we're just finalizing now. It will include small producers. It will include large producers, retailers, those represented in the current founding membership. 
but we know there's an enormous number of small vineyards out there and I don't know any farmer that doesn't want to be sustainable. Everybody does. So we're going to have a big focus on engaging small producers and helping them along the journey without making it seem like it's just something for the rich, the richer, bigger players who have the money. We won't succeed unless we take everybody with us. So this is a long term plan. We're going to have a first annual general meeting at the end of June next year with a conference. Um, some of you may have seen that sustainable wine, uh, which has led to the creation of the round table and currently houses it has been holding a series of online conferences we put those on hold at the moment because effectively we realized there's an awful lot of awareness now we need to move towards action so the next conference we're planning is around our agm so we can have the members meet and then we can have a public online conference and we'll be continuing the work of sustainablewine.co.uk as a, a magazine to raise awareness from anybody for, for anybody who's interested and then if folks want to get serious about contributing to the global standard and the working groups, they can join the roundtable. So that's our basic plan. And I'd really like to thank the following for their early stage support. Uh, Richard, obviously, for actually coming up with the idea in the first place. <laughs> thank you, Richard. And your support's been invaluable. And Jones from Waitrose. Uh, Chris Willey, who you may hear from a bit later about the standard. Um, Chris is one of the founders of the Rainforest Alliance and its former head of agriculture. So there's not much he hasn't seen in sustainable agriculture in the last, last three decades. Sally Evans, um, thank you so much, Sally. You've been amazing, um, as, as, as has Lauren Holman from Chateau Laube, who have both supported um, our work from the very beginning. And of course, Kirk Willey, uh, Chris's brother, um, who, uh, as you can see, has an important role to play in the US, but also liaises with his German counterparts and has been tremendously supportive. So I'd really like to thank what we were calling the volunteer founding committee. We've now opened up to call it a steering committee so that founding members can stay in touch with what's going on and they can join that committee as well. So I won't bore you with too much roundtable governance. What I'd like to do now um, is hear from some people who have supported us and, and, and to ask them as to why. Um, so let me turn first uh, to Jancis Robinson. Jancis, uh, thank you so much for your support of our work. Um, and just before I bring you in, because of the settings we have on Zoom, if you want to ask a question after we hear from our, our round robin of, of members, you and the audience, I mean, if you'd like to ask a question, you need to just put your, your name in the chat function, just say, hi, I would like to ask a question in the chat function. We can then make you a panelist and then we can bring you in on video. So that's something we need to do uh, for the Q&A side. But for now, for now uh, let me turn over to you, Jantis, and thanks again for your support, Jantis. Thank you, Toby. It all sounds great to me. And very exciting. I mean, those of us at JanicesRobinson.com um, have been banging on about sustainability ever since my initial campaign against bodybuilder bottles um, saw the light of day in 2006. So we're particularly proud to be founding members of the Sustainable Wine Roundtable. And fortunately, not only do all of us care deeply about sustainability and made it the theme of our wine writing competition last year, but so do our new owners. So we've got big support there. Um, we all know that to save the planet and indeed humanity, we must urgently change our practices, but there is a huge amount of confusion about exactly how to do that. And I'm hoping that the Sustainable Wine Roundtable can provide all of us in wine with some guidance and answers to the many questions that producers and especially consumers have. And I would see our 
justicerobinson.com to help spread the word about your work. Thank you. Best of luck too. Thanks very much, Justice. Uh, very helpful. Anne Jones, Anne, are you with us? Let, let me turn to you. Uh, you, one, you are first founding member officially as Waitrose. So special kudos to you, Anne. Thank you so much for your support. Love to hear your thoughts as to um, why you've joined. And you know, feel free challenge us. What do we need to be doing that, that you know to deliver? Anne, Thanks very much. I am here indeed. Um, I'm just so pleased to see so much traction with this. I think. Um, Certainly as a retailer, we feel we have a great responsibility, both sort of upstream and downstream. So both from small producers to big producers and also to our customers and to everybody that we work with in between. And that makes it a hugely complex ecosystem, um, not just the wine industry, but also the sustainability ecosystem, which, of course, we all know is also hugely complicated. Um, and there is so much good work out there. And I think we've always found it really difficult because we want to do what's right um, but there's so much data and much of it conflicts or confuses so actually to be part of something where we can drive forward an agenda in both defining what's right and then doing it um, is hugely gratifying um, and I think the challenge part of it would be for me to ask for us to act with confidence and to choose what's right not what's easy um, but also to find out what that is. And sometimes we're going to have to accept that we're going to have to make decisions that have, you know, maybe 51, 49, one way, when one way or the other. But actually, it's about giving the whole wine industry consensus and direction so that we can act with confidence. Um, I think it's because actually the thing that's really important is how we distill that messaging. Dispel all of that complexity and all of that joy is what we love about the wine industry. And it's probably what we all love about sustainability as well, secretly, other than saving the world. There's also this kind of joy of understanding detail and trying to get to the bottom of what it all genuinely means and how each piece factors against the other. But actually, how do we distill that in a way that's concise and credible for customers who are literally just grabbing a bottle for their dinner? So if, if we could get to that point of global consistency and relevance and recognition, then it would be, you know, just a huge win for the industry and for the world that we live in. And, and I think, as Richard said, as, as did you, it's we know that it's really ambitious, but we'll never know if we don't try. And it's so important to be part of the solution. Um, and that's that's why we first got involved. We know, we know, and we also we know we can only do this together. We, it has to be collaborative. And it's not going to be easy and it's not going to be fast, but it can be genuine and credible and doing what's right for everyone, you know, grape to glass and beyond. So that that's where we are delighted to be involved. Thank you. And make sure you let your marketing know that's another first for Waitrose, first founding member of the Sustainable Wine Roundtable. Uh, you can rub the other retailers' noses in it in due course. Uh, thank oh, you. Oh, no, this is about collaboration, Toby. I would never do that. Not <laughs> obvious. You're allowed to compete on that point alone. Um, thank <laughs> you so much, um, Sally Evans, let me turn to you. Um, five hectares under vine in Bordeaux. You've you kind of built it up for yourself over the last few years. Amazing story, by the way. If you don't know Chateau Georges, uh, try the wines. They're fantastic. And Sally's been a great supporter. So, Sally, um, we got a, a tough job doing right by smallholders how do we how do we do that best and and why why are you such a um a, a passionate supporter of, of what we're doing yes thanks toby um thanks for the intro yes i come from a business and marketing background so deciding to set up and launch a new winery 
was, um, especially in Bordeaux, was quite a challenge. So I'm a relative newcomer to wine um, and in quite a big and rather traditional French region. So I'm literally starting this from the ground up or have been the last five years. Um, but what is, was absolutely apparent to me is that it's got to be an approach which goes right across the business from the vineyard through to the packaging. And, um, and there are elements that I would never have thought of when I was a mere consumer or enjoyer of wine. So I'm very passionate that small producers, um, and there's a lot of us around the world, that we ensure that the particularities that we face um, linked to a holistic, sustainable approach are represented in the round table. Um, you know, we don't have economies of scale. Um, we do, there's a big challenge being in a, a the, trying to change the infrastructure of a big region when you um, have a, when you actually purchase uh, small quantities, and so we don't have the clout and the influence. Um, so we've got a sort of limitations there. But you know, small producers. Um, must still participate in shaping sustainability. And, um, you know, I'm thrilled that I've been able to contribute so far um, because really wine really does need to have one voice, whether you're producing 20,000 bottles or 2 million bottles. Um, those who know me uh, know I feel very strongly about the realities and practicalities of being sustainable and about not getting stuck in the polarization of organic or non-organic. Uh, which I think is a bit of an issue perhaps in the minds of consumers. Um, and this polarization caused lots of pressures uh, for wine producers, um, as, as is the growing tendency of some to get sucked into greenwashing. So we need to look at all of those aspects. Um, and I want to be part of the round table to make sure that small producers can play their part um, in shaping sustainability truthfully and meaningfully um, right through to the consumer. Thanks, Sally. Well, we know it won't be easy, um, but with the energy and passion we have in the group, I'm sure we can make some suitable progress. Uh, crossing the Atlantic for a second, Kirk, thank you so much for joining us all the way from, from Oregon. Um, please tell us, uh, wh why are you here and what, do, what are your hopes for the, for the roundtable? What, what would you like us to do? Uh, yeah, well, uh, hello, everybody. Good morning, early morning from Oregon over here. Uh, you know, for me as an importer and wine marketer, I was looking for a way to show the positive things that our growers are doing uh, in their vineyards, in their wineries, and in the fundamental values of their companies. They're already doing a lot of good things, but they don't always get recognized for it because it doesn't necessarily fall under a single label that's easy for trade and consumers to grasp. And beyond that, of course, we're always looking for ways to continually improve what we do so we can have a truly meaningful impact on the environmental and social challenges that are facing the planet right now. But there is no clear and verifiable framework for comprehensive sustainability that we can use to guide our efforts. Even in Germany, you know, and I represent some of the, some truly great German estates, uh, Germany has very strict regulations for agriculture but there's no certifiable standard for sustainability that covers all the aspects of wine production, from viticulture to winery operations, to packaging, logistics, carbon footprint, and social justice. So we are looking for a real science-based sustainability standard that will be universally recognized by trade and consumers alike as truly meaningful and effective. We want a verifiable standard that we can use to measure our progress every day. 
uh, we don't just want to put up some pretty pictures of vineyards and say that's good. We want to do the real work that will benefit the environment, improve the lives of our people, and assure the long-term stability of our wineries. Uh, in our case, many of which have been in business for several centuries. Uh, we think that's already pretty damn sustainable, but we do see the serious challenges facing us in today's world, and we want to do our part. So I, I uh, talked to my brother, Chris, who's um, been through this process numerous times, uh, together with Toby in some cases, uh, for many years now. And as it turned out, uh, Chris and Toby are already talking about um, how to start a sustainability standard or develop a sustainability standard for the wine industry. And I was very happy to do what I can to help out. Thanks very much, Kirk. Marcus, let's come back across the Atlantic and go north to Sweden. Marcus Era from System Balaje, um, thanks for your support um, and the great work you've done for a number of years on, on benchmarking and so on, work that we hope to, hope to build on. Um, so Marcus, love to hear your point of view uh, as, to, as to why you're here and, and what you'd like us to do. Thank you, Toby. Uh, I just realized that there are there is a high risk that we are repeating the same messages here. <laughs> However, I see that as a good uh, sign that we have identified the same crucial need. Uh, my name is Marcus Ire, and I work as a sustainability manager at Systembolaget uh, with focus on the supply chain, the whole supply chain, and the whole assortment. Uh, Systembolaget, for those who who don't know, uh, is a retailer monopoly for alcoholic beverages in Sweden. Uh, we have around 1,000 selling points uh, covering all municipalities in, in, in Sweden. Uh, securing social and environmental sustainability from cultivation to store is crucial for our work to comply with, I mean, uh, customer needs and, and the society as a whole, their expectations, and what we consider to be the responsibility, our responsibility to contribute to a sustainable future. And in this context, the wine and viticulture specific sustainability certifications, uh, those who are present in all major wine countries today, they are strategic uh, important tools for, for us as to, to, to contribute to driving and verifying compliance and performance in the supply chain. It could be uh, in, in our processes, it could be in terms of customer guidance, it could be in the tender process, uh, important tools, and when we do our risk analysis of the whole assortment. And in, only in the fixed assortment, we have around 2,800 unique products. So, so we have a kind of a quite complex IT platform to do this kind of risk analysis. And, and all these uh, national uh, sustainability certifications are, we have done some mapping of them uh, to, to put it into the system to make it uh, in, in some, to some extent uh, uh, intelligent, so to say, uh, to do this risk analysis. Uh, these sustainability certifications, I'm quite impressed uh, about them because I've been studying them for quite a while now. And they have several strengths. They have been developed gradually uh, from a strong local commitment with high relevance, of course, high acceptance, uh, credibility, and clear ownership. And that, that's a real strength, I see. Uh, but there are, as already mentioned, uh, many challenges. 
they are uh, to some extent quite different. Uh, they are unknown uh, outside the border of its origins, uh, which uh, I mean, unfortunately, creates confusion and for both retailers and, and customers. Uh, therefore, I, I think the most logic next step would be. Uh, I mean, taking advantage of the great focus that we have today, the high interest that we have today in society around sustainability is to achieve and an increase, to reach an increased consensus of harmonization between these different sustainability certifications. I mean, the wines from each uh, origin, region and country should, of course, be unique uh, with a great diversity to, to satisfy the, the customer needs. But when it comes to sustainability, I don't think there's a, any reason why these certifications and standards should differ so much. I mean, they should be equal as far as possible, regardless of, of the national borders. Uh, of course, this does not exclude the, the, the possibility to leave some room for regional and national adaptation where, where we have conditions like difference in terms of, of cultivation conditions and legislation. But I think if we all together uh, can contribute to achieve this, we will add great value to the wine community and the society as a whole. We believe that the Sustainable Wine Roundtable is the right forum to make this journey. And not only, not only uh, we, but together with many other important cross-sectional international stakeholders expressing the same need. So, so I think that's kind of the reason why we are here today and happy to do this. Thanks very much. Um, really appreciate your support, Marcus. Lots of good challenge there, lots of work for us to do. Sticking with a slight Swedish theme, but perhaps a, a Swede in the US. Erica, let me turn to you. Erica Land in Lufring, if I've pronounced your, pronounced your last name correctly. Chief <laughs> Vintage Wine Estates. Uh, welcome, Erica. Um, I know we did mention there's a risk of repetition. We thought that might happen. So Simon may end up with like one word in a minute, but I'm sure there's something you'd both like to add. So Erica, please. Definitely. So we are um, a uh, US-based wine group with uh, about 14 wineries and 50 plus brands. I mean, just within our group, we have uh, live certified, we have sustainability and practice, we have CSWA, we have Napa Green, we have Fish Friendly Farming, uh, we buy Lodi rules fruit. So you know, within our group, we can't really keep track of the differences of our local programs. Um, and a few years back, I looked at all um, all global programs together with the, with the Swedish monopoly, with Sustainbolaget, um, being specialized in sustainability in wine. It's um, it's still, I would say, confusing to me to remember which which one is strong, which one is weak, what what's covering the all the bases, what's not. Um, we can't expect retail and consumers to do this. So th this is a must. I mean, this has happened in in uh, coffee, in chocolate, in <laughs> Chris's work with the, with bananas. Uh, uh, there's palm oil. As an industry, we need to have. We're a global industry with global consumers um, buying from all over the world. We can't have this much regionality. We can still keep these programs. You need to have a local connection, but we do need to agree as an industry on what you know what is best practice and and um, also there's a lot of work we can do in the in the wineries and vineyard that might seem like this is the this is the best thing to do but none of us have the resources to really um, 
uh, you know, to make sure that we have the science-based targets and so on, we need to bring our resources together for that. And especially, you know, the, the smaller producers that might be doing a ton of work, um, they don't always have the time to sit and do the research. I mean, as a, as a group, as a bigger group, we have a sustainability professional, me, <laughs> I can sit and do the, the scientific comparisons. And if, if I, you know, what impacts do, uh, do different things uh, have and when we report we're a public company so we're going to report according to SASB and that the financial industry has actually changed a lot in the last couple of years and they require metrics and I think that's a, a thing that's been lacking in sustainability and wine is communicating uh, metrics as I said science-based targets and and uh, metrics numbers um, numbers and targets more than just uh uh, you know, the, the initiatives, the storytelling, the improve on whatever you're doing. Um, and we have to combine these different ways of, of um, working. And I'm really, I'm really excited to be part of this group because this is, uh, I mean, that you guys initiated this. I'm just uh, very, very thankful because I think this is um, exactly what the industry needs. We are an agricultural industry, which means we have a big impact on global warming. We have a big impact on the environment, but also we're very reliant on it. We're I mean, we're kind of, I heard somebody call us the canary in the coal mine for the agricultural industry. We are reliant on water. We are um, very uh, reliant on climate in a way that maybe strawberries are not. And we have a communication line directly to the consumer, which is unique. So, you know, whatever we do as a group, it, it will benefit all of us. This is, like Am was saying, this is definitely pre-competitive. This is, um, the more of us we get together, the more we benefit the industry as a whole. We don't need to like sit on this information that we're learning. We need to, to share it and share best practice. And I'm already, you know, I've already had great conversations with Treasury and with um, the the uh, I let's see, sorry, get to IWC, no, uh, um, Wineries for Climate Change. Um, we're, we're starting all these conversations thanks to this group. And I'm, I, I just, I might be exaggerating, but I think this is one of the most exciting things to happen to the wine industry for the wine industry's future in, in a long time. I really think that this can be a huge contributor to a thriving, uh, a thriving wine industry in the face of all this change that we're seeing, both social and uh, environmental. So very happy to be part of it. Thanks very much. Simon, someone, Simon, sorry, someone had to be last on our list of speakers to turn to. Um, but you have the you have some of the most middle class wine demographics in the world in your membership. Half my family are members. Um, what are we going to start seeing from the Wine Society as a result of being in the SWR? Uh, what would you like the SWR to do for the Wine Society? And actually, you know, what can you offer the members? Let's let's talk about that. Thanks, Toby. Good afternoon, everybody. Um, so just a, a very brief introduction. So the Wine Society, we were founded as a mutual society in 1874. So we've always been able to engage openly with our members and our growers. And we've always tried to take a, a longer term view um, to ensure that we can provide great quality and value to our members and a fair deal to our suppliers. But obviously, like many people, we're, we've seen the, the recent IPCC report. We're hearing directly from our growers about the, um, the impact of climate change on their uh, businesses. These are people we've been dealing with for, for many generations and their livelihoods are important to us and we want to do what we can to stop further harm. So with that in mind, we're just in the process of launching a very ambitious sustainability strategy covering our products, our shipping, our packaging and of course our emissions. Uh, as well as measures to address social issues such as inclusion and diversity within the wine trade. 
all of these are issues which are are vast um, and we are a company with obviously you know, finite resources and we're very aware that we can't make significant change alone but we want to make a, a positive contribution towards it um even something and i'm sorry toby i'm just talking about cardboard boxes i know this isn't in the spirit of the, the wonderful image of, of wine and so on but even something as, as straightforward as trying to find out what the ideal sustainable cardboard box is to get wine from our producers to our end consumers in a way that gets the wine there safe securely and unbroken but does the minimal damage to the to the environment that would be a significant win for me personally for our business for our members and also for the environment and it's going to take a lot of joined up thinking to put that put that work together so these are the sort of practical issues that i'm hoping that the uh, the round table will help us get to the bottom of and we're looking to contribute to uh, specifically um our members tell us that um you know they're, they're very keen to make the right choices um, they struggle to make informed decisions given the myriad standards and certifications worldwide and in some cases some of the great initiatives that we know that our producers are, are, are making uh, to uh, sort of to um, improve their environmental uh, credentials and improve their own environments that's being lost amongst the noise so anything that we can uh, we can do as a group to uh, to clarify the decision-making process for our middle-class consumers would be um, would be fantastic. Um, so for us, the roundtable represents an opportunity to contribute to a coordinated response to the challenges of taking effective evidence-based action and of communicating effectively to our retail customers. And we're really excited to be working with a, a collaborative group of growers, shippers, agents, and other retailers to make meaningful change that will benefit the planet future generations of our members and really we're encouraging others to join up next year when full membership opens as well uh, there's plenty of environment to go around at the moment and uh, the more the merrier